This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where in this edition we'll be discussing everything Tottenham Hotspur. Of course, we've got three games to go in this Premier League season. We are pushing for a European spot under boss Ryan Mason. It is now 46 days since Antonio Conte left the football club. And of course, I'll be asking today's panel who they, they would like uh, as our next head coach. The Daily Mail have just reported that Tottenham are confident that... Uh, that we are unlikely to face competition for Julian Nagelsmann this summer. So it'll be interesting. We're also going to preview the Aston Villa game. And we've also got a new song about Harry Kane. We've got three very special guests to join us this evening. We've got singer Tim Winstone from the Spurs song sheet. Tim, how are you? Not too bad, Chris. Thanks for uh, obviously having me on. Apologies, everyone uh, that watches Chris's show. This is all my fault. We just had a lot of te- technical difficulties trying to get the, uh, the songs going. So I do apologise. Hopefully it's worth it with our new little song for uh, for, for the god that is Harry Kane. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all good, mate. Obviously looking sort of forward to next season now. I think the last time I was on your show, it was all looking very good, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, ho- hopefully we can end it at least on a positive. Things change very, very quickly. We've also got David Harris, also known as the Irish Hotspur. David, lovely to have you back. It's been too long. How are you? No, thanks very much for having me back. Yeah, look, I'm as good as can be in my personal life. You know, as a Tottenham fan, maybe not so good, but uh, a lot to talk about, so thanks for having me. We'll come on to talk about Tottenham shortly, David. We've also got Becky Day with us. Of course, Tottenham Hotspur fan travels all over the place to watch the mighty Spurs. Becky, welcome to the channel for the very first time. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, it's um, it, there's always there's always something to talk about with Spurs I think it, you know as kind of even the minutes go by we have something else to kind of share um but yeah brilliant to be on thank you very much it's nice to see people in in kind of the computer flesh 
as well because I kind of interact with all of you but to actually be on your show and talk to human people through a screen it's great fun. Well Becky let's start the show with you simple question for you how are you feeling as a Spurs fan right now because as I've just said 46 days since Antonio Conte left the football club Stellini took charge he didn't last long Ryan Mason is now in charge what have you made of Ryan Mason's three games in charge so far of course a 2-2 draw a home against Manchester United, a 4-3 defeat away at Liverpool and a 1-0 win a home against Crystal Palace. Okay, it's interesting you're saying about content it being 46 days because I really think the the biggest shame is that Mason didn't come in when Conte sort of left um, because that kind of what felt like a sort of 30 days in between Mussolini felt like such a just a waste of time because the... That we've talked about Sheffield United. We've talked about these sort of games where there was like a turning point, you know, the Milan game at home and those sort of matches where if if it had possibly been Mason in charge, who seems to be quite comfortable with sort of changing things up, you know, we've talked all season about Conte's stubbornness to not change formation and not kind of bring people on and make changes. And, you know, we go back to the Milan game when, you know, he, he brought Sanchez on and we needed to score a goal and he takes Kudaseski off and all those sorts of things. Mason is is quite prepared to make changes. And I think in the, you know, I said last week on the, the Cheese Room podcast that I'm on, you know, he came in on the three toughest, arguably the three toughest fixtures of the season straight after each other. You know, so those were sort of Newcastle, absolute carnage. He comes in after that. We've then got United four days later, and then we've got Liverpool. You know, and this week is the first week he's had where he's actually had no game in between to kind of set up a system. And I think... To be at Palace on Saturday and to see that Dyer wasn't playing and that Mason was prepared to make changes, I think was really refreshing. We were longing for that all season with Conte. Um, and I think in answer to your question, Mason is starting to kind of try things and they seem to be coming together. And I think it's it certainly gives the fan base a bit more positivity going into the final three games. I think, you know, Nano Newcastle was like almost like a shock kind of anomaly but if it had carried on in that nature when we conceded early at United and then we conceded at Liverpool it was just going to be absolute carnage so he's kind of stabilised things you know to get a clean sheet on Saturday you know it's definitely I'm quite a positive Spurs fan anyway a lot of people know that you know I travel four hours just to a home game I'm not going to be particularly negative but it's really kind of making us sort of see more things towards the end of the season yes we want the season to end it's not been anything like the end of last season but as you said, there's still a chance of some sort of European um, competition. So, hopeful. Tim, can I ask you the same question? How are you feeling as a Spurs fan right now? Because, as you just said, the last time you were on, it was all positive yeah. uh, under Antonio Conte. And, and now look at us. Yes, I mean, I completely agree with Becky. Really. I think pretty much every Spurs fan's kind of thinking the same thing. Like, you know, Conte kind of, it just got really sour, didn't it? And uh, as great as a manager has been for other clubs... It just didn't. It just didn't work, did it? With Spurs, I know plenty. Of, I've seen plenty of podcasts. I've been on quite a few of them, and and, and the, the idea is, it's, yeah, it's not our DNA. Is it? it's attacking football. We've now had two managers that are, you know, completely kind of against that. So that kind of had to end. But then to end it and just put this, you know, everyone said the same thing. It's not going to repeat the same thing everyone said. It's just, it just seems absolutely bonkers. And as Becky's just alluded to, it's kind of proved it because you know the last couple of games, particularly those that went. I mean, it's, like Newcastle was just an absolute. It was a car crash, wasn't it? Uh, but even the Liverpool game, you look at the second half, we're not going to fix our defence in, well, we're not going to fix our defence before the end of the season. I'll be, we should have fixed it in January, we didn't. So that is still a problem. Uh, but, but the spirited comeback was, was, it was like watching kind of old Tottenham at, at some point. A bit 
yeah, maybe a bit too gung ho as we proved towards the end of the ninety-six minute or wherever it was. Um, and then you know, the, the, the game against Palace, um, you just sort of you just wanted him to make changes. Everyone knows, you just make some changes. Like everyone's seeing it. And he was, Conte was so stubborn. Um, and what I put what I like particularly in the Palace game, I'm sure we'll come on to it, was the you know, Emerson and Porro down there down the right. Yes. It just seems to like it just seems an absolute no-brainer, doesn't it? Emerson's not great going forward; he can't really cross the ball. Poro's not that great at defending. Put them both in. It just seems, yeah, you know, just just making logical decisions for me now is, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, it wasn't the best game in the world. Palace, you've got to look at Palace; they're in great form, so that's, that is actually a good win. Um, and then you know, the, who would have ever thought Brighton would screw it up against Everton? So we have now still got a serious chance of six. I thought we had no chance after after Liverpool loss. Um, and I'm just praying to God we're not in, not in Europa Conference. That's my I, my only fear is, is is going back to those games. I know a lot of Spurs fans are like Europe and, we, and probably as a club, but to go back to those games, it just be such a after so much, such a high last season, it'd be such a low to, to sort of end on. So I'm praying, praying we can somehow muster six out of out of somewhere. Tim, do you feel more confident as a Spurs fan with these remaining games under Ryan Mason now? Hundred percent. You can just tell the players. You know they actually they actually wait for it, didn't they? Against Liverpool, they, yeah, they come out. They actually had some fights. I don't know what he said to them at half time, but um, you know the Newcastle game. I know Kane scored in the second half, but it was just damage is done, isn't it? Already before half time of the scoreline. But you, you would have hoped they'd have come out and at least you know just to save embarrassment kind of thing. And um, you know the Liverpool game. I thought we should have won that game. If I'm honest, like yeah, we missed a lot of chances. We were in every time. Um, and you know it's just the usual Spursy things cost us at the end um, and now we've got a wind under our belt so 100% um, the Man United game everyone's thinking the same thing 2-0 down defensive errors this is going to be 4-0 it's, just, it's an automatic thing in our mind it's going to be 3-4-0 and the game came back 2-0 at least it just it, the trouble is it's always the hope that kills you isn't it with these things so I'm now going to games thinking do you know what I fancy us now and then they're probably going to let us down but um, <laughs> 100% um yeah, I think they're all winnable games. Obviously, I know that the Villa is the, the preview for this show. That's that's a massive game now, especially with you know their results sort of not been so good in the last last couple. Um, it does be, it does become a must win for me. Um, more more to do with the fact that Brighton have got games in hand. They're not you know, they've got very hard games in hand. Um, but that that's the threat, isn't it? What is it? You know, a couple of games in hand and they're in a couple of points behind. So um, I think if we can finish six from where we've been and the utter turmoil this club's been in, it'll be. It'd be an absolute result because um, at least it is, it's still Europa League football, which is not to be scoffed at, and it's a Champions League place under the day, isn't it, to, to win it? So, yes, is the answer non-winded answer. Dave, how are you feeling? Because I tell you what, this has been one long season. Of course, we've had a World Cup in between. Um, as Becky said, I, I'm kind of wishing this season away now. Three games to go. Cannot wait. You know, get to the summer. Um, you know, Spurs have got so much to do in the summer. But what have you made of Ryan Mason's time? in these last three matches at Tottenham? Um, look, first of all, as a Spurs fan, I think I sp speak for everyone. I think we just want the season to end. I think we've all been let down. It was a season where we had many expectations coming into it off the back of what we seen last season and with some of the recruitment as well. It never really panned out to be the season that we we wanted. But I'm a bit, I'm slightly a bit different on it to maybe some of the other, uh, to, to Becky and, and Tim here, because for me, 
I don't put the whole blame on the manager. I think, you know, the areas that we failed to recruit in the summer has come back to bite us in terms of that back line, you know. Under Antonio Conte, um, you know, it was put out there by Gary Neville and, that, and um, who was Ashley Young that his Conte is so mentally and physically demanding. And I just knew coming into the coming into this season that certain players across that back line wouldn't be able to keep up the standards that they maintained the season before. Coupled with the decline of Hugo Lloris, when you've got the spine of your team, and especially the backbone of your team, conceding goals and making errors the way they do, you can't put that on a manager. At some stage, them sort of players have to take the burden and the responsibility. And I think ultimately what you've sort of seen this season is you've sort of seen a clash between a lot of the new guys coming in here who are young, hungry, and they want to win, and they don't really make any excuses for it. And then you're seeing a lot of um, the Pochettino players maybe coming to the end of their time. And, um, you know, with some of the words of the previous managers, they sort of keep making excuses for it. I think that has sort of all come to a head this season. Um, but look, Mason, do you know what? I think, look, he's sort of done a good job to steady the ship and maybe bleed a bit of confidence to be able to stop the rot like he did at Crystal Palace with the formations, the way he switched between the um, 3-4-3 to the 4-4-2 and stuff like that. It was absolutely brilliant from Ryan Mason in that regard. But I do feel that maybe he probably should have tried to do it at a Man United or at a Liverpool. I think maybe he's left it too late to throw his name down in the ring or to lay down a marker to be able to take this job full time. However, you know, credit to the guy for a guy who's, look, let's be honest, relatively sort of inexperienced to come in and pick up the sinking ship the way he has done. It's it's no mean feat and fair play to the guy. And it's clear that he has, he knows what he's doing. He has some sort of football intelligence, understanding the tactics and stuff like that. Um, I'm just not sure he's the right man to be able to take this club forward. But respect to him for dropping Hugo Lloris and respect, respect to him for taking out Eric Dyer in the team as well. These are guys that were here when he was here. You know, he's friends with them, long-term friendship there. And to be able to make that call and for us to look so much better, you know, I can only respect the guy for that. I've got to say, I think you know, what you said about formation, I do agree. But do you not think in the previous games, if you look at it, Emerson's only just basically come back, hasn't he? And in the, in the press conference, there was, was rumours where he wasn't even going to be available for this last weekend. I think selection would have been a lot of the issue about them not switching to a 4 4 2 because you know, Longley was out as well, uh, was the previous game. I think a lot of it is just hampered. It, it's just all screams that we didn't, we didn't invest, did we, in January? That's the biggest problem. We needed a top class centre half, and we have done for ages. And we just kind of um, we're trying to muck through. It takes a couple of injuries, and then we're we're completely screwed. Ben Davies obviously was out, just come back. I just I mean, it, it's it is mad to think you can't really play a four four two, or they're not trusted to. It's just a, it's a normal formation in most teams play, isn't it? To not even have the option of doing it because we just haven't got the the strength in there. Especially I think you noticed on Saturday there was much more of a balance having two left-footed players on the left-hand side and more predominantly right-footed players on the right-hand side and Porro so much further up the pitch just felt better. You know, you're saying there about injuries to the back line. You know, obviously Ben Tenko's injury has decimated us and the midfield. Oh, yeah, Skip yeah. stepped up so much. I think Skip, you know, he, he's had to do so much and he, he's learning everything so quickly. Um, it just looked more balanced on Saturday and everything just sort of seemed to flow um, a lot better. And, that, and the thing I like about Mason is he kept, keeps using the word team. He was obviously very aware that Things were very fragmented uh, in the stands, in within the club, you know, in the backroom staff, and that kind of constant using of the word team. He's trying to kind of galvanise us, um, and I think you know, it, you know, it's up to us to respond to that. I think I do agree with Dave. I don't think 
as much as I like Mason, it's probably it's a bit like the rumours about company. It's a bit too early for him, I think, for him to take him on. I would like to see him in an assistant manager role. I think he was kind of like the third wheel, wasn't he, with Conte and Stellini? He didn't really have enough say. Um, I'd still like him to be involved somewhere because he only ever seems to step in when we're at our like lowest points, and it seems really unfair. Becky, how how would you feel if the club did decide to appoint Ryan Mason as permanent boss? Because like he's come out and said, you know, he's ready for this challenge. He's ready for this job. He's been there for six years coaching. He's been there under Pochettino. He's been there under Jose Mourinho, Nuno, and now Conte. He's taken, uh, you know, charge of Tottenham twice. You know, when Jose was sacked six days before a final, he got us into a Europa Conference League spot. He might do the same again this season. How would you feel as a Spurs fan if he was the boss? I'm one of those people who sort of, you know, prepared to kind of, you know, give everyone a go. Um, I wasn't particularly that keen on Jose just because I just think he's quite a negative kind of aura about him. Um, but, you know, prepared to give anybody an opportunity. For me, one of the biggest deals, which sounds ridiculous when we're paying Conte 15 million a season, I just want somebody who wants to be there, who wants mm. to fight for everything and not drop Kane in the Sheffield United FA Cup match when we had our biggest opportunity to get to a semi-final and, you know, yeah. or a final. It, I want someone who, and I think that does help um, part of it. You know, they should all want to come here, but, you know, I think he's got that behind him. He has got the backing of the players. The problem is you've got those negative people who say, oh, he just picks his mates. Um, I think, as you've just said a minute ago, he is showing that he isn't doing that by dropping Dyer. But, yeah, I think that he, he, he wants to do it as long as they kind of support him in the sense of his own backroom staff and the kind of coaching, you know, he might use Yara Torre more, you know, people like that. Um, yeah, if, if that's what happens to be, equally, if it turns out to be somebody else, that's fine too. I just want them to get the decision right and then to support that person. You'll notice I'm not using the word back constantly because I do think, you know, we have bought players in the last 18 months, two years. It isn't a case that we don't buy players. It's our recruitment is a little bit wonky and that's the problem. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, if he wants it and that's what happens to be great. I'd rather that than it be a win now manager who, you know, only sort of sticks around for a year and that's it. So, yeah, I think if he wants it and they feel that's right, but it has to be right for everybody. Tim, do we have to do something different now? Would, would Mason be your choice <laughs> or do we go down the route of another win now manager? I think that the, the problem I've got with Mason coming in, because I, you know, I don't know if you know, everyone sort of said the same thing on, on different pods. If you've heard the, uh, the High Performance podcast on him, he's, he's just amazing. You've got to go and give it a listen um, with Jake Humphries and um, I can't remember the other, the other guy. But he, yeah, it goes for all his like, yeah, career, his injury and come back. And he's, yeah, he's a fighter, that guy. So, and you know, a bit like Becky was saying, he'll just, you know, blood and sweat and tears for the club. He's going to, he's going to give it his all. And I think maybe before, after Poch, he wouldn't get looking, would he? Because we were, we were sort of up here, and you got to think, yeah, we have dropped quite far uh, from mm -hmm. where we were. Yeah, we didn't invest in the squad. We know all the reasons behind it. You, I think the right person for now, I, I wouldn't personally pick him, only because I just don't think he will get the investment that we need. Because um, I think he's just an easy, it's an easy person to put in there. He's a clubman. There'll be fractions of the of the fan base that will love it because he's Spurs through and through. And then there'll be the other side where they think, well, he is too inexperienced. So. I completely agree. I can't remember as Becky was saying. Bring him in as a, as a full assistant manager, um, and under like an Eaglesman. I just, I just think a win now manager is not going to work. It hasn't worked twice. Um, you know, previously very successful managers come to Tottenham and it all just goes 
to crap, doesn't it? I mean, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. And uh, we just, I just don't see us as that sort of club. Maybe everyone will say it's a small club mentality. It's not. I just don't. We've just never been that sort of club, have we? Um, it was. It, I can understand why we gave it a go because we got so close to winning something massive with the you know, Champions League with Poch, and it didn't quite work. And they're thinking, well, to take us to the next level, but it just doesn't fit the mould. Uh, again, whether we had an attacking, you know, successful. You know, trophy winning manager it, it might have gone very different because you know even in the worst times the fan base will probably take it because they're going to watch it entertaining football whereas yeah you know, I'm fully in a camp I want Tottenham to win stuff I've always wanted Tottenham to win stuff I'm 41 years old I supported them for 35 odd years or whatever it is but I, I would not want to go and watch that every week and win I just wouldn't it's just not mm. it was just so bad it started from like the Wolves game for me play, yeah. the stadium playing that game um, which I think is when I saw Becky actually I first, first met you um and it's just what you could sell it that even then we've got outplayed by Wolves at home. You're thinking this can't be right, and then it's just kind of gone. It just kept going downhill from there. So again, under Jose, didn't work. We just got to get they call it you know, inverted commas the project manager. Um, I, I'd happen, I, you know, I'd support him. We brought him in. I do think it needs it needs like a, a dynamic young, maybe more experienced person like an Abelsman. That's why for me he's the perfect fit because he's got that young dynamic side and he's been really successful as well. So. Uh, but but not to the point where he's you know on the edge of your know, teetering over the edge, which is what the, the argument with Jose was, wasn't it? That he came in as a winner, but he was kind of on the decline. Like you've got to look at Nagelsmann as on the way up, um, and, mm. and has proved he can do it. So he, he'd be the, he'd be the choice for me. And you know, yeah, Mason definitely. You've got to keep him in the mould now because he's either that or he goes and ends his trade yeah, in League Two or, or League One. I guess is the, is the other option. Um, but yeah, for, for me, yeah, it has to be like a Nagelsmann, something like that. Dave, would Nagelsmann be your choice? Uh, just before we get on to Nags, Magnus, I just want to say one more thing on Ryan Mason. I think, I think, look, it's, I, th- I think it'd be a very underwhelming appointment for for the majority of the fan base. If you want me to be brutally honest, right well, now, can, can, can I say if those, those three remaining games that we're going to play, if the performances are good, if the performances are entertaining, and we get the results that we need to get in a Europa League spot, as Tim said, if we finish in the Europa League spot at the end of this season. That, I think, will be successful after all of the problems that we have had this season. Does that then put Mason really in the frame to say, you're young, you're dynamic, you want to be here, you want the job, you're good with the media? I think Ryan Mason does tick a lot of boxes. I just think that a lot of people think that it is underwhelming because people want a big name with experience. But is it time that we give someone like him a chance? Um, Look... Like I said, I, t- I think I think Mason definitely has potential, but for me, it- it's too soon. I think it's also very hard to gauge with him because it's very easy for a squad to sort of pick themselves up after you know they've made noise about not not liking the previous manager and stuff like that. And Ryan Mason is coming in after two massive appointments in Jose Mourinho or Conte, where a lot of the squad weren't really feeling it any longer. So it's very easy for them to pick themselves up and go on a new manager bounce to make it look like that maybe they're not the problem, especially after what Antonio Conte said about them in his in his uh, post-match press conference after the Southampton game. So I would be a bit dubious on that. Um, you know, even if he does get the wins between now and the end of the season, but I think the reason why it, it'd be largely underwhelming for people, Chris, is because you know, a lot of people, it's not that they want a big name. I think a lot of people are sort of resigned that he's going to be a young guy with maybe fresh ideas, tactically astute, maybe a fresh approach to the game. But there's more people out there with more experience than Orion Mason. Like, you look at uh, Nagelsmann, 
a lot more experience, younger than Ryan Mason as well. You look at Arnie Slot, even though I don't want him near the job because of his experience only with AZ Alkmaar and Fire Nord, you know, he's got more experience than Mason. You look at Xavi Alonso, um, of course, ruled out today for me. I didn't want him either. But again, he I would argue he probably has a bit more experience than Mason. And right now, I just think it does need someone with a bit more experience to um, take this forward and maybe with a bit more know-how because I do feel Ryan Mason will be found out next season tactically a little bit. I know we're all praising these tactics um, after the Palace game, but it's a different story when you're doing it. 38 games over a season and, you know, teams sort of get used to how you're playing. There's more data and more analysis being done on your style of play. And I question, does does, does someone like Ryan Mason, you know, can he, can he, can he um, if he's found out, can he sort of switch it up and, and show us something a little bit different? And on that, I'll be a bit hesitant. For me, I think you learn that when, you, when you're actually out there in the job. And so... I do see the benefits of appointing Mason, but for me, I think there's a lot more experienced people out there around his age that can take this forward. Becky, a report uh, was just published before we went live uh, by the Daily Mail stating that Tottenham are confident that they're unlikely to face competition for Julian Nagelsmann this summer, but he wants assurances before he takes any job. Um, I think any manager will want assurances at Spurs. What assurances do you think Spurs need to give the new boss, whoever it is. Director of football in place first. I think the two kind of need to be aligned, don't they? You know, there's the, the rumours this week about whether we're taking the option on Kulisevsky and whether Lloris is moving on and the rumour mill about various people. People are just batting it straight back saying, well, we haven't got a director of football. We haven't got a director of football. We haven't got a manager. You can't. There's no point trying to predict whether, you know, Madison, I can carry on naming people. We, that all needs to be connected. So, you know, I know he's on gardening leave, but, he, you know, this guy, is it, is it Stuart Munn, the person that's in place already? Scott isn't Scott Munn. isn't started yet, but we've seen photos of him with Levy. So he possibly is looking at that sort of idea. And I think, you know, the director of football, whoever that may be, and I'm not the person to ask for that, is in place. And then that kind of two connects. Um, I think why the, the idea that Potch was coming was sort of gaining sort of, momentum is because he doesn't tend to work under a director of football which is why a lot of people felt that that's why it would be potched because it wasn't a director of football if there's gonna be a director of football that's where that goes and then that person comes in i think going back to what dave said then about um mason i do agree i think it is too early for him but also i think some people would feel it's underwhelming because they want somebody completely fresh somebody fresh in with new eyes on how the club should be run, which is kind of what Conte tried to intimate that he, you know, things like banning the tomato ketchup and things like this, the things that he would put in would come better from somebody. I do think there's an argument for having somebody already in post. You know, we're all in jobs, I'm sure, where we've had people who've been promoted through the system and they do tend to kind of hit the ground running, but that kind of almost kind of reaches a ceiling quite quickly. So there is an element of somebody coming in completely new and wanting to kind of make adjustments, but that has to be in line with the director of football. Becky, if you could choose the next manager, who would you like? Oh, uh, that would have been Pochettino, but that, that ship has sailed. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said before, I, as long as it's somebody that sort of gives me attacking, enjoyable football to watch. You know, t Tim said it before, you know, I take my 10-year-old Jack and when I take him to games, it was very hard trying to kind of motivate him for some of the matches that we were watching. Um, we want attacking football. I agree with what Tim was saying. You know, Conte had a, a, a sort of system of playing that we got results out of, but it wasn't fun. And, and I get people going, oh, you want to watch nice football, but you want to see us not win anything. 
well, we didn't win anything playing that way either. So let's go back to enjoying football and having progressive play and attacking football. And you said there about the second half in the Liverpool game. It was very much like March onwards last year. Um, so, yeah, I think someone who kind of has that sort of approach to play and is, is a, it sounds ridiculous, someone who's prepared to make changes and be flexible. And, and I really thought that's what Conte would do, but evidently not. Um, so, yeah. Tim, when we can go through Maurizio Pochettino, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte and not win a trophy under those three managers, what on earth next? We've, we've, like you said, if, if Spurs brought in Julian Nagelsmann, what does Spurs need to do differently to what we have done in the past few years? I think, um, I mean, Harry said it in his interview, didn't he? We've just got to get back to... I mean, everyone, the good days, the, they were really good days under Poch, weren't they? Um, he came in, and again, everyone's sort of saying it's a bit of a luck because uh, he wasn't our first choice when he came in. But just, you know, even my, you know, Tottenham, I'm sure you guys are the same. It's a, you know, we are a bit of a banter club, so I just get hammered by my friends left, right and centre, especially doing like the, the song sheet stuff. You can imagine it's, you just take it on the chin, don't you? But um, when it was the Poch days, it, it wasn't that. It was every pundit wanting to watch Tottenham as their second team. All my friends were like, do you know what? That's the team I go and watch because it's entertaining to watch. Good football. Again, lucky uh, we were so lucky to have that period now you think you look, look back in hindsight you'd, you'd take those days any day of the week wouldn't you um over what's happened in the last four years so i just he's, he's going to need back in because you just got to look at our back line it, it, it does need a whole revamp um yeah we if we're going to play a different way we do need an attacking midfielder there's, there's a lot of holes in there you got you, you i know we're sure we'll come on to the Kane situation but but I mean, for me he's, he can't go anywhere because you know you take his goals out with mid table this year so he needs backing. I agree with Becky. If it's if it's a sporting director, that needs to get sorted. Um, and, I've, and just a long term contract. You know, that's the biggest thing for me. So whoever we bring mm -hmm. in needs mm -hmm. a long term contract. The eighteen month thing with Conte was it was never going to work because until what was it January, wasn't it? If he didn't commit in January, it's pretty obvious he's on his way out. So then you're in that situation. You're just counting down the days. It just doesn't help anyone. Um, if someone doesn't want to be there, and it's I've heard you know crackers and a lot of other people say on other podcasts, the worst things when someone's in charge of your club that doesn't want to be there, you just think I'd just take anyone rather than this because they're just not invested. And you could see it, you know, in Conte's face, couldn't you? When, on the sideline, he, I know he, when he came back from his um, operation stuff, he just wasn't, he wasn't there, wasn't wasn't there at all. So you, know, you want to get behind someone, you want someone to come in, be really hungry, really want the job. That's the key thing for me. Just, just wants the job, wants to be here because yeah, you know, we are quite a unique club in that <laughs> we haven't won anything for a long time, but we are still in the legit, you know, literally top six, top sort of seven club in in the country. So it just, it just needs someone to come and galvanise, galvanise the club. So I, I do, I understand where you're, where you're coming from with the Mason thing because I feel he's done that. The, the, the question would, I would say, is did he not have a free hit coming in when he did? Because there is, there's obviously pressure. He's got to prove himself, but coming in from the state of the club of, of where we were. Um, you know, I can't see how we could have got much worse from 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 the situation we were in. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. Ho hopefully, just someone someone that wants to be here and can just galvanise the fan base again. Because I've never seen it so good um, under Poch. It was close at the end of last season, wasn't it? Because it was just such a good feel good factor at the end. You think you got a winner at, 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 at the height of his power, and now I've never seen it so bad. Maybe not in the last few weeks, but when it was really bad and the, and the toxic mm. atmosphere. Becky goes every game, so I'm sure she'll she'll be able to fill you more on that one. Um, I've never seen such a drop from from from, from amazing to terrible um, in such a short space of time. So it does need someone to really get it together and and, and, and put it back. 
Dave, most of the fan base still speaks so highly about Pochettino. All of the Chelsea talks and links aside, would you like to see him back? I'd love to see Pochettino back, Chris. I think he deserves a chance to rebuild like he asked for in the first place. When you look back at it, he was completely right. We've persisted with a lot of sort of some players from his era that just are not good enough. And, you know, he was right that we needed that rebuild. He, it was the, it was the most connected. I think me and any fan out there felt to the, felt to the club, felt to the manager, felt to the players. And we were all going in the, in the right direction. You know, he done an absolute wonderful job, but you know, it's very similar. What When he first came in, it's very similar to the situation that we're in now, Chris, where, you know, he came in, there was a lot of sort of younger players in around the club that maybe weren't being used and a lot of older heads that maybe needed to go. And Pochettino, you know, gave trust to them youngsters. And for me, I think he would do the same again. I even think, look, if it's not Pochettino and Eagles, man, Chris, because when you look around, right, a lot of Paratici's recruitment has been 25 or under. Um, I'll, I'll, you've got, um, where are they? Where are the names I read down here earlier? So you've got... Um, You've got Emerson, 24, Porro, 23, Romero, 25, Adoji, 20, Spence, 22, Gill, 22, Sar, 20, Kulazeski, 22, Bentecourt, 25. You look at some of the younger talent that we've produced ourselves. You've got Dane Scarlett, Harvey White, Devine, Parrot, all out on loan. And you've also got some new recruits in the under-21s with some players there. And also the under-17s and the under-18s winning that Premier League Cup. So for me, I would like to see the new rebuild, persistent players that we've already got here. And I think that's why you are looking at maybe someone like an Eagles man. Look, I I would love Potts here, but they just haven't contacted him. And for me, I'm not sure how much Potts would want to come back here with some of the players that maybe threw him under the bus um, after he left or before, like, you know, making sounds that they weren't happy with him and that before he left. Um, but Nagel's man for me is... And, and going down that young route is the right decision to take because you look at Man United when they used that class of 92 who won the FAU Cup, they, you know, it formed a lot of Fergie's um, success. It was the backbone to his success. And I would like to think that maybe this new manager um, would like to incorporate some of them under 17s, under 18s in a couple of years, but also sort of go with a lot of recruitment that's already happening. Someone like Nagel's man, you don't necessarily have to change massive direction in recruitment because if you brought someone in who just played a back four system, you would need to go and sign full-backs as well as centre-backs, as well as goalkeeper, as well as camp. But if you use Nagel's man, and he's predominantly used that tree at the back system, wing-back system, you don't necessarily have to change tack and your recruitment plans more or less stay the same with defenders, with goalkeeper and with a cap, which Nagel's man will need every single one of them. He's always at a cam wherever he's gone. He, re- he relies heavily on the centre-backs to build out from the back, run out with the ball and stuff like that. And he needs a goalkeeper, you know, who, who just has a lot better distribution as well. So I would like to see someone like Nagel's man in the job. I would love to see Potts back, Grace, but... I don't think it's. I just don't think it's going to happen. However, with Nagel's man, just quickly, if I may, I do have a slight reservation with him, and um, because at Bayern Munich, even when they put out the statement after they sacked him, it wasn't his tactics or his style of play that was the problem. It was it was his off the field issues that became being his massive problem, and it led to the the, the breakdown between him and the dressing room and stuff like that. And we've already seen that this season how with, with content, his off the field issues and all that sort of stuff, how it's derailed our season. So, if Nagel's man private issues are not sorted out, 
for me, I can foresee something very, very similar taking place further down the line if they are not sorted out. However, if they are sorted out, he would be a shrewd appointment. And I think it's, I think for me, and I speak for most fans, he would be the next guy that most fans want in the door after Pochettino because maybe they see a lot of similarities. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Becky, let's come to you. Of course, we face Aston Villa on Saturday, a huge game in the Premier League. Um, as you can see now, Spurs are sixth in the table, 35 played, uh, 117, drawn six, lost 12, goal difference of plus seven. We have 57 points. We're five points away from fifth place, Liverpool. Brighton are just behind us in seventh spot. They have two games in hand. Uh, Aston Villa are three points behind us. They have played the same amount of games as us. Uh, the most likely position for Spurs uh, at the end of the season would be sixth in the Europa League spot, seventh in a Europa Conference League spot, or eighth, no European football at all. Um, I just want to get your opinion, Becky, on the Europa Conference League. If Spurs were to finish seventh, would you be happy with European football or would you prefer to be without it? I'm not one of those people who would prefer to be out because I just think any kind of form of European football is a good thing for any club. Um, I was having a conversation with a Palace fan yesterday and he was saying how, you know, wants to have... He, he's quite jealous of those, you know, clubs that have these away fixtures and they have, you know, they're on TV and all that sort of stuff. And and I think for us to sort of turn around and say, oh, we don't want it, we want to be eight. I I think it it poses problem with attracting players. I do think you can attract players when you're not in the in the Champions League. It is possible to do that because if we go back to Bentancur and Kulusevski and Romero and people like that, we were in the Champions League. Um, so yeah, it it isn't just about Champions League, despite what possibly some of the board might think. But yeah, I, I would like us um, to be in some kind of form. Europa League, obviously, as Tim said, you know, has the the idea of getting back into Champions League if you win it. You know, if we look at Seville, they've had a poor season again this year, but they are like the you know the eternal Europa League team, aren't they? Um, it's not by any means easy to the Europa League because obviously you get those teams that drop out of the Champions League that fall into it as well. So it's actually in terms of competition, it's really really hard. If we can't beat Sheffield United and win in the FA Cup. There's going to be quite a step up required in the Europa League, isn't there? To be honest. Um, do you think, sorry, but do you reckon we're going to have the squad to do it? Because everyone, everyone keeps saying about the trophy, right? So my, my thoughts on that were, if we're in that Conference League and it's not the most attractive, you know, competition in the world, if we really want to go for a trophy, and we have, you know, no one's got a choice. Here. We're going to finish where we are, aren't we? But if we, if we don't have Europe, I'm sort of thinking, you know, go for an FA Cup. You know, you're not doing the same thing that we were doing previously, dropping Harry Kane at Sheffield United and whatever. Just to really go for it, go for a cup, 
I just I think that's what the fan base would, would probably take. I mean, I remember having a conversation with somebody last year about Newcastle and about how they weren't in Europe this year and how that they were going to kick on by not being in Europe, and that's obviously turned out to be the case. Yes. I do think the money yeah. behind the scheme seems helps as well, doesn't it? But yeah. you know, they haven't been in Europe. Um, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. As long as that is, I could go back to what we're saying about the culture and what Kane's saying about the culture. If the whole culture ethos is we are going to go and try and win everything and there were arguments that Poch didn't necessarily go to try and win every competition that he was in either so True. as long as that is something that they're prepared to do then yeah that you know Kane was saying yesterday you shouldn't turn your nose up at any competition and he's right um you yep. know for West Ham to be in the position that they're at this season and to be where they are in the Europa Conference League shows that it is doable but I think with the under 21s getting relegated last week, it does show that we don't maybe necessarily have the strength and depth to play the kids in inverted commas in those kind of matches, um, which kind of showed at Sheffield United, didn't it? You know, I know we keep going on about it, but it was such a pivotal point in our season for me. Um, if we knock, kind of knock, rotate, knock, knock effect. it's knock on effects, wasn't it? So losing that game yeah. is the psychological knock on effects because everyone kind of thought well, that's the last chance yeah. of actually. Yeah, you know, decent, decent chance of winning the trophy. It's just, yeah, but it also it. think showed, didn't it, that we don't have that strength and depth to sh to play and kind of rotate. We're not City. We can't rotate, you know, almost the whole team and and still expect to get a result. And that's where it, the, we do need to need the reinforcements in the summer. You talked before about an attacking midfielder. You know, the defense needs sorting out. There are the goalkeeper, for example. There's a lot that needs doing in a short space of time. Becky, for you though, what what is it about for you? Because it seems to be always about top four. It always seems to be about that league finish rather than taking an FA Cup or a Carabao Cup seriously because you can go back to Pochettino days. Pochettino rested players, you know, for league games um, the following weekend. Um, Jose Mourinho done it. Antonio Conte done it. Do you think that they are told to to put a weakened team out in these cup competitions and, and to I'm, focus on the, comp on, on the league I'm only? I'm starting to think so because... You know, I've heard rumours about since Sheffield United that, you know, Conte kind of almost kind of was told to rest players. They didn't step up. He then kind of felt, well, this is it now. I'm done. And then when you almost kind of build up to the Southampton situation where he's saying, isn't he, about... And Kane's coming out this week about the culture. You know, I'm wearing the, the 1991 kit. You know, we, it's, we want to win a trophy, like Tim said. We are bantered so much. And, yeah. you know, it, it's just... We want to win something, but that has to be something that the whole kind of club gets behind. And, you know, I read something about how the winners of the FA Cup get two million, which, you know, is a drop in the ocean, isn't it, compared to even your Europa League money. So from the club's point of view, but the fans are just so desperate for that. And it's something to kick on from, you know, any competition is, is good. It builds confidence, you know, a run of games, a run of wins, you know, it's working for, you know, I keep going back to West Ham, but it's this idea that, you can have a poor season, but still be in a competition. That's why we keep going on about Sheffield United. We had Sheffield United and we had an AC Milan so close together that yeah. everything was fine. We were fourth or fifth then. And then we ended up just sort of everything sort of petered out, which is why it, that kind of, that, you know, Mason has stopped that kind of rot and has kind of stabilised things a little bit. You know, March and February, Spurs fans are really hard work because that's when you're in the knockout stages of things. It's when, you know, the FA Cup gets really kind of gaining momentum and, Luckily, last year, we still had the top four to drive for in April. So it kind of, that's where we go back to last year about how you know, it was so positive and we had that momentum and the, the kind of connection with the players. And you know, that comes from the songs that were created as well. I have to say you know, that had a massive part of it, I think, last year. Um, it's just, 
we want the whole club to be part of that. And I, I like to hope that, the, that there isn't somebody in the background saying, no, no, you just need to concentrate on the top four. Because as I read a tweet the other day, that's only four teams. So every season there are 16 teams that are not going to make top four. Yeah. So it's kind of leading up to failure almost automatically. And, you know, we just, we just, we are so desperate for some sort of, some trophy and momentum to build from. And, and, Tim, Harry Kane even come out this week and said you can't disrespect um, any competition. And of course, he then spoke about, you know, our trophy drought over the last 15 years. And if we were in the Europa Conference League, perhaps it would be, you know, time to go for it on a serious note. Um, you said you didn't want to be in the Europa Conference League. What is it about the competition that you you don't like? And I just wanted to ask, I, I just think that a lot of fans are quite snobby about the competition that we're in because when we were in it before, a lot of the fans were like, can't wait to get out of it. Where, whereas I, I think I agree with Becky that whatever competition we're in, why not just go for it, try and win it? Because, you know, if Harry Kane ends up leaving Spurs without winning anything, it was just, that's, that'd be shocking. Yeah. No, I, 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 again, it's not about not wanting to be in a competition. I kind of contradict myself. I just, I just don't think we've got the squad to do that, and and maybe push for top four or better, and go for an FA Cup and go. I just, we're just not going to have the squad unless we have some mass investment. That's the issue. But you look at this season, how many injuries we picked up. We have been really unlucky, haven't we? Like, mm-hmm. We're losing Bentacor at that time. That was just a mission critical. You shouldn't be so reliant on one player, but mission mm-hmm. critical loss that was for me for the for the way the season went. I just think. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I'm, I'm an optimist, not a pessimist. I, I'm thinking with the way the results went last weekend, we were a very good chance of six. Yeah, Brighton some tough games. The difference of being in the Europa League is kind of what you were sort of saying to finish to finish on a on a positive because that would be the best we could have ever got the season because it's fifth and sixth get the same thing. Um, because then you're going for a competition that as a shot at Champions League because to finish in the top four, like Becky just said, the amount of investment the other teams have had in and around yeah. us, Newcastle have popped up what two years probably ahead of their project where we're aiming to be. Um, I just think it's, it's going to be so hard to finish top four from where, from where we've sort of dropped down. Um, we are regularly finishing on top four and a pot, just probably why we weren't going for the other competitions. We're, we're just well behind that now. Um, unless unless we just turn up and have an absolutely amazing season, you never know. Um, but I just think next year that's going to be where Arsenal are, where United are, where Chelsea, well, hopefully, hopefully not, but Chelsea can't be any worse in this season. To finish in top four is going to be really, really tough. The Premier League is so difficult next year. To have that nugget at the end of a, a cup as well would just be unbelievable. And you know, Conference League gets you what Europa, Europa League space, doesn't it? I mean, is, are they really going to? Are we going to have the strength to do that? Probably not. Um, so it's, it's all on strength of depth. It's not about what not wanting to be in a competition. It's just about. I just don't think we can fight on, on all on all four accounts. So we might be in the same position where you know, we're dropping players because we've got. Too many games, uh, we we get knocked out, and we're just in a in a similar situation again. Um, so yeah, that's kind of kind of my opinion, mate. Dave, surely if we were in the Europa Conference League, it would give opportunities to a number of younger players, and we could still go quite strong um, in this competition to try and win it. Look, Chris, for me, this is the way I want to use it. I don't think down the years. I think down the years, our biggest problem is the players that we've put out there. You've got players that are more incentivized by money than they are by the hunger of winning trophies. You know, you've got, you look at the, 
a lot of the cup fixtures we've gone out of, most of them, or even if you look through the Europa League campaign, the Europa Conference League, most of them, um, them defeats and that have been away from home. And most of them have contained Dyer, Davies, Sanchez, Session, and Matt Doherty, who's now gone. And they're in there for me, in lies your problem. Like, you know, we, we keep blaming the managers for putting these guys out there. But the reality is, when I grew up watching, you know, football, every manager in the early round of Cups mixed it up with youth players coming back from injury and maybe players on the periphery of the first team. At Tottenham, we've got ourselves into a cycle because we've been embarrassed so bad before. And we're expecting Kane and Son and everything else to be rolled out there. They can't be rolled out there every single game. At some point, other players have to take off the burden. So for me, I've been, Chris, I've been screaming out for some of these youngsters to be given opportunities. Dennis Sarkin before he left. Madaweke before he left. Marcus Edwards before he left. And what you're seeing at Tottenham is a lot of youngsters leaving this club, backing themselves, refusing to sign contracts and go elsewhere. And now other clubs are starting to pick them up for some sort of big money. So we are losing out on that talent because there's no pathway there because we keep persisting with guys who keep giving us the same answers, the same performances. We need to get back to blooding some of these youths in. How do you think Harry Kane came through? He came through playing in the Europa League, you know, scoring goals there and then eventually got rewarded with a chance in the Premier League and took that. And we need to start getting back to that with some of these youngsters. Like I said earlier, you've got the under-17s and some under-18s, some brilliant players in there. Jamie Donnelly, um, you know, Alf, um, Alfie Dorrington. You've got young Therese Hall. The work ethic on that kid, you know, is absolutely unbelievable. He'll have a career purely based on that. You've got young Mikey Moore, absolutely brilliant. There's some real talent there. You've got Alfie Devine, who's been in around training with the first team. No opportunities this season. You know, you've got Troy Parrott coming back, Dane Scarlett coming back. You've loaned out Gale and Spence and people like that. I'm at a point where I'd much rather see these guys in these competitions rather than guys that I know I'm going to get the same answers from. And that's been our biggest problem is how we've used them. At Tottenham, I don't think we can turn our nose up at a trophy. At the end of the day, when you lift it and you celebrate, it all feels the same. You don't sit there and celebrate differently because it's one tier or another. And at the end of the day, I believe it, whether it's Europa League or Europa Conference League, why can't we use this to kickstart the new generation of Tottenham, the new era of Tottenham, and use it as a cup that we want to go out and win and use it as a foundation for a lot of what's to come going forward? Look, you know, the mindset from, from chairman all the way down has to change because whether whether the club agrees with it or not, there's a perception out there that if you don't make top four as a manager, you're going to be sacked. And therefore, that's why you're seeing a lot of these managers sort of sack off these cups and stuff like that at times as well. Um, because, you know, they know that their job depends on top four. We also have a chance now to reset the whole culture around the club that we are on. We are going for all four fronts every single season, no exceptions. Once you have that from the top, that filters down to the manager and that filters down into that dressing room and then players. And you won't continue to see the crap that we have seen over this last four years. So for me, I want European football. Tottenham have always been synonymous with European football. We've got a history in it. I want to see Harry Kane and that all-white kit as well out there next season. So, <clears throat> so for me, I don't think we can turn our nose up at trophy. We've got to take it seriously. Um, and I want it, but I want it with new blood, new players put out there and not the same crap that I've been used to seeing and watching out there over the last four years. I'll tell you what, Becky, let's come to you. Um, the way David speaks there about some of our players that have been here for many years, um, when you look at the summer ahead, and I know that all of us Spurs fans have said this over you know, previous summers, um, 
we need a new manager. We need a new director of football. We need uh, to replace a number of players that have been there for a long time that probably aren't good enough at the football club. Uh, all of these players are coming back from loan. Uh, players possibly moving on as well. Um, it's a huge summer, isn't it? How much can we get done? And that's why the manager and the director of football need to be done sort of the end of May, June, yeah, don't they? Definitely. Because if that rambles on into like beginning of August and into August, that's just ridiculous. Like I saw an interview yesterday because obviously Sevilla playing, aren't they, tonight? Um, Hill was saying about how he likes it where he is, but he's contracted to Tottenham and it's disrespectful and da, 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 da. Yeah, and, you know, we haven't mentioned Winks tonight. We've got a lot of people coming back that, you know, yeah. it's going to be a massive old kind of that hospital lodge thing place. It's going to be rammed. So it's, but, it's yeah. Just, it's almost a project. This is this is what you call a project, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's because project even if you, you talked about who you cleared out before you then any being linked with anybody that arguably needs to come in, I do think some, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, we're quite loyal ourselves, aren't we? I do like the loyalty of sort of, you know, we have this idea that, you know, we're not like City in the cut rate sense. You have one bad season, you're off. If we had one bad season and you're off, we'd have no players left this season. Sonny would have gone, Kudasevsky would have gone. Do you know what I mean? So I like that idea that, yeah, if we can have a bad season, you know, people are saying about Rashford last year, Trent's not necessarily had the best season. And I think you do need to build from that. That comes from coaching. And I think confidence comes from that quite a lot. And winning games, all those sort of things are connected. Um, but yeah, there are players that need to move on. Um, I think Sanchez is one of them. I would, I'm not necessarily sure given Dyer a contract is ideal. I suggest if that's why he is getting a, a contract, it's because to kind of maintain his value for selling him on. Um, I think Larissa needs to move on. Moore is obviously going. Um, I, like I said before, I like Longley and Davis in the sense of their left-footedness. Equally, if we had somebody came in you know, Bastoni and Guardiola and these players that are left-footed equally. Um, we do need more strength and depth in midfield. But I agree with Dave there. We've got so many young players that could come in. You know, Udoji's come in. You know, Romero looked so much better on Saturday when he was in a kind yeah, of a position that's sort of more suited to him. He's young. You know, it it, it sounds like Kudasevsky is staying despite all these rumours that he's not. Um, Paul O'Keefe replied to my tweet earlier tonight to say that he, without doubt Spurs are, are, are taking up the option to keep him so that's great um, it, it's kind of all connected though you know it is coaching it, it is there'll be some players that won't want to stay you know they may be not suited if Gill's one of those it might be you know Spence is coming back um, yeah it's a massive and, job and, it's a massive well. massive job what do you do with the yeah, of course, of course. Let, let me come to you on that point Tim do you think there's any players coming back that will fit into this Tottenham Hotspur team for next season like, like the likes of Ondon Bele Harry Winks Lo Celso etc there are so many players coming back do you think they'll ever play to Spurs again Trouble is, like Becky's already hit this down on the head. You don't know that until you don't know. Who's, you don't until you know who's coming in. The director of football, yeah. the manager, the direction they want to take. Yeah. That, yeah. That, all of them are probably thinking. You know what? We we could be all right here because yeah, under Conte it was obviously ship them out and off you go. Um, but you're right. So many players coming back. They, yeah, they've got to get people out the door before they start bringing people in. If they if they're not for yeah, you know, if they're not for whoever does eventually come in. Um, yes, I, I I can't. I think. And Dombele in particular, I think he's um, he's burnt his bridges, but he's obviously a player in there, isn't there? Because he, you know, I know he's not played that many minutes this year for Napoli, um, but just it's just looking. I mean, mentioned that our recruitment's just been it's been it's sixty million, wasn't he? What sixty five or something million for a player? He's on the, it, it staggers me that he's on the same weekly wage as Kane. Mad, that, that's mad. just 
we could be all night discussing that though if we go through each player. I, I, I just think it is a it is a bit of a mess, and we're just trying to get to the end of the season. I, I've got to say, I do understand everyone's getting frustrated about not getting a manager straight away. If we were going to go for Potch, he would have been in, wouldn't he? I mean, because he he's the perfect person to come and galvanise the fan base, a bit like Mason's done, probably to a higher degree from what he did in the past. I do get the the logic of no logic as keeping Stellini but um, not making a massive decision because you've already highlighted all the things that are going to happen in close season. You know, to do that with eight, nine games to go, it would have been a short-term decision, potentially not the right one. So I think they've kind of done the right thing leaving to the season. They just put the wrong man in charge at the wrong time. They should have put Mason straight away, but um, I think yeah. everyone's kind of unanimous on that, aren't they? On that one. Dave, let's come to you. Let's look at the table again because, as I said, Spurs are sixth at the moment, 57 points. Now, we've got three games to go. Uh, of course, we face Aston Villa, uh, Brentford and Leeds. Um, Aston Villa have three games, Tottenham, Liverpool and Brighton. Brighton have five games left. They've got Arsenal away, Newcastle away, Southampton at home, Manchester City at home and then Aston Villa away. Um, when you look at Brighton's and uh, Aston Villa's fixtures compared to ours, where realistically, and if I was to ask you for a prediction, where do you think we'll finish in the table? I think do you know what I'm going to say six, Chris. I do. I think Brighton. I think Brighton will be. I think their season sort of starting to tail off. We've seen yeah. it with West Ham before, where they were sort of top four for the majority of the season. But when them final games come in, the pressure's ramped up. You know, your legs start to feel heavy. It's not a nice feeling. It's you know, it, it then comes down to mentality. You look at Brighton being slapped five one by Everton. If they weren't in the Champions League or in, in, in a European hunt, that wouldn't have happened. You know, they've still got uh, the top three to play. And I feel the top three would probably dispatch a Brighton handy enough. So I think that probably rules them out from finishing above us, providing we win the last three games. Aston Villa, look, Chris, it all comes down to the game at the at the weekend, doesn't it? You know, yeah. if they win, the incentive is in their hands. If we win, we go six point clear and it probably cements your, uh, Europa League football for us, in my opinion. So it all comes down to the game at the weekend. Do you know what? You just yeah. I can't imagine any harder fixtures than what Brighton have got from what you just read out. I, I knew it anyway because I kind of looked earlier today. They beat United actually... though, didn't they? You're right about the Everton result. Yeah. I think that was slightly odd, yeah. but they did scrape that kind of you know last minute winner at United. So there, there is that shock in them. You just yeah, the, def- the other thing as well. Just, we don't really want true. them to beat Arsenal next game. No, yeah. That's the trouble. <laughs> Very true. It's funny Very though, true. they've had some fantastic results, but recently they lost 3-1 away at Forest and of course 5-1 yeah. at home to Everton. Um, Becky, let's come to you because the Aston Villa game Saturday, they've lost their last two in the Premier League, uh, losing 1-0 uh, away to Wolves and 1-0 to Manchester United. But before that, uh, they won six out of six. Um, before that, a draw and a, and a couple of wins before that as well. So eight wins out of nine before those last two. Aston Villa under Emery have been absolutely fantastic. And I think many people would be very surprised if you asked them a couple of months ago, would they be fighting for a European spot? You'd never have said that in a million years. Um, what do you think Emery has done there to transform Aston Villa's season? They don't concede many. So when I was looking today, I kind of, I've written that down, that they kind of almost saw sort of eight out of ten. And after the Arsenal game, ironically, wasn't it, when Martinez came up at the end and then Arsenal scored an open goal, didn't they? is they haven't been conceding many. So even when they've lost these two last games, it's been 1-0. Um, I think Ollie Watkins has found some form. Tyrone Mings has kind of shored things up. Um, it's interesting that um, Matty Cash is back. And after mm. he, last week, he was the one last year that injured Doherty. Um, mm. 
right in front of us the away end. But yeah, yeah, I think he's just sort of, he's kind of brought that belief back. I think with Gerard, they were a very physical team. And when that kind of physical edge was lost, the kind of creative play wasn't really there. And, and Emery's just sort of brought that belief back, really. You know, Villa, Villa are a similar club to us in the sense that they're, a, you know, they're a, a big club. They've got, you know, a strong support, but haven't really kind of kicked on and they've got investment now. It's good. You know, I think I'm always the same. If we score early, I think we'll be fine. Um, if we don't, then, it, you know, it could get tricky. You know, the, the fans will be really kind of, you know, I think them losing to Wolves is, is quite a pivotal thing, isn't it? For Villa fans, they'll be quite angry about that and they'll want to see a reaction. Um, yeah, if we, you know, it, it, for recently for us, it's been quite a good kind of ground to go to. You know, the last year, Sonny getting that hat-trick. Kudasevsky scored last year, I remember. There was a lovely kind of glancing header from Kane to Son. And I remember the celebration with Reggion and... Um, uh, you know, before that, Sonny scored, didn't he? Before COVID, so it's been quite a kind of positive kind of ground. But I think that belief that you know, it's, like I said earlier, Mason having the week to play on the system and the kind of formation and how he wants them to set up, I think is going to help. Um, you know, you'd like to think now we've kind of moved on a little bit from we go one nil down and our heads drop. I'd like to think that there's he's galvanised them a little bit to kind of you know hopefully kick on. Um, you know, scoring first. Like last year, I remember Luis making all those saves, you know, yeah, we won 4-0, but it was, you know, Villa were quite, um, quite even last year, you know, they had, like, the, you could see the potential. So, yeah, I think they don't concede many, so I, I don't see it being a massively high-scoring game, to be honest. Becky, who do you think will miss out on European football? Spurs, Aston Villa or Brighton? Um, Villa, I think, just because, like you said, Brighton have got games in hand. Um, they are strong teams, but you know, they, like I said, they have the opportunity. They do get results when they need to. It's like whether Dave said there, whether their legs have gone and they're starting to kind of feel that pressure. Um, I'd like to think there's enough experience in our squad that we have seen us get that kind of momentum at the end of the season. Albeit, you know, different manager and everything last season. I think, you know, you see the difference in Kane. You know, Kane being captain since Luis doesn't mean there, and you see that kind of approach. I think. I'd like to think that we can build, but like you know, we've just said the other thing as well. Is, is we're all being quite positive about this, is that we haven't won away since January or whatever it was, was it the Fulham game or the Palace yeah. game. You know, we've been poor away, so it, that that's a, kind of another thing to kind it's, of factor it's a, it's in. It's a hard place to go as well, Villa Park, isn't yeah. it? You know, the yeah. atmosphere there, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, I think it's a pivotal game, definitely this weekend. It's a, it's a pivotal game. We, we lose that, and you you're looking yeah. tough, tough for six, aren't we? It's, how do you think Ryan Mason will set up uh, for this game, Tim? I think I, I think it starts similar. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Emerson and Pyro work so well down that right right hand side. Um, I think you'll probably set, set up. I can't see us changing the team to be honest. Um, obviously, Richarlison. Yeah, for all the pelters that he gets, not scoring goals, he works hard, doesn't he? He's, he's an absolute grafter. Even he was like, you know, chucking in, uh, you know, working back quite a bit. So I, I can't see him changing it. Personally, uh, I think it will set up exactly the same. You know, Poro licensed to go, Emerson tucks in for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we'll just keep the same team um, and just you know, I'd happily take a scrappy one nil now. I think all of us would, wouldn't we? Uh, away at Villa. Mm. Um, mm. But I mean, it, yeah, at least you got to say, Sonny's looked a lot better since um, Mason's come in. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, just he just seems up for it. His confidence is up. It couldn't have been any lower than it was. So yeah, hopefully, you know, him, him and Kane again. He's looking at this. Quite a few more um, goals we've scored recently. Yeah, but them two combined and again, it kind of dried up for quite a bit, didn't it? 
with the way we we're playing. So yeah, hope a, a song. Richarlison quite likes away games as well, doesn't he? Seems to kind of feed off the energy of the away crowds yeah. as well. I think at away games. So Richarlison, I think, possibly yeah. might. If he's, he's well, the, the last touch of Liverpool scored, he he scored the winner, didn't he? So you know, he's right place, yeah. right time for that one. And that, was, that was a brave header. So yeah, pray, pray to God we just get a result because uh, a win, you know, two back-to-back wins, home to home to Palace away at Villa would be would be massive. Yeah, because we we haven't got the hardest fixtures on paper um, leading into the to the end, have we? So you, you'd hope they're all winnable. Uh, you just don't, just never know time. <laughs> no problem. Dave, do you agree? Do you think it'd be the same team? Um, it's a hard call, Chris, to be honest with you, because I think only Emery kind of alluded it to, it to it today that, you know, he's going to sort of set up to try and stop Pedro Paul. And if you look at it over the last few weeks, I think there is a, I think when you look at it, if you do stop Pedro Paul, I think you do stop a lot of Tottenham's creativity, especially from that team that bet Palace yeah. at the weekend. I'm actually a bit torn over on the left-hand side, Chris, because... Look, Ben Davies was great defensively, but I found him wanting on the ball an awful lot. I felt like he gave away the ball an awful lot, but at times as well, he didn't even open his body to sort of look down the line or go down the line. It was very much just facing inside, and it becomes very easy to read, and you know, it becomes very slow, very meticulous, and stuff like that. What you sort of need sometimes is, you know, to get on the front foot, get going forward. And I'm not sure Davies wants to do that, but you know, it's a big call to bring in someone like uh, Perisic, you know, because. I think, look, Perisic, I think a lot of fans have given out about him this season, but the reality is we haven't brought him in here to defend. We've brought him in here to attack and provide going forward, and that's exactly what the guy has done. And I think he will provide you something from the left-hand side as well as Poro if you go with them two. However, you know, it's going to be a big test of how good Romero, Longley and Emerson really are. Can they keep up that same intensity, that same aggression and win everything like they did against Palace? With two wing backs getting forward, a little bit different. Um, I wouldn't. I'll be honest. I would risk it. I would go with Perisic uh, over Ben Davies on that left hand side. I want to test Langley. I really want to see how good that guy is without Eric Dyer beside him before we go and make a purchase on this guy in the summer. I want to see what Romero is like in that middle. So for me. I would go with Perisic and I'd take that gamble because the only real option you've got from that, if not, is taking out a Hoiberg or a Skip and looking to put someone else in there, maybe a Papa Massar, to see if you can get someone that can break the lines a bit more on the ball, a bit more expansive, because that ball was very slow in the midfield the other day as well. There was not a lot of sort of passing between the lines, breaking between the lines. There was sort of, I would say, idealists. And I think against Aston Villa, who set up to defend and counter-attack, I think you know we are going to need a player that will be able to unlock the door because they they will they they've got the capabilities of nicking a goal. But you know what, Chris? If you asked me a few weeks ago, would we win this game, or even before the Palace game, I would have said not a hope in hell. But from what I've seen from the Palace game, I think we go up there with a right chance. And I'll just say this to the players. You've let the fans down many times this season. I'm not even going to cry and complain about me because I sit at home in my armchair watching the games. But it's people like the, the people above me, Becky, Chris Cowlin, you know, all the people that follow this team up and down the country on away games all across Europe, you owe it to the fans. Go out there and give them some sort of European football next year to get behind. Dave, what's your score prediction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 2-0 Tottenham. 2-0, clean sheet. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. Becky, what are you going for? I'd love a scrappy 1-0, but I think it'd be more like a 3-2 to us. I do think, I, I, 
I think we'll... that's exactly what I was going to say. Three two. Three, two. Mm-hmm. I was going to say t- yeah. t- there's no way we're not conceding for me. So I think two two one. I, I still think our threat going forward, from what I've seen again last couple of games, has been pretty well. Second half of uh, Liverpool game, it's been pretty pretty devastating at times. So yeah, I, I, Porres delivery for for Kane's goal on the weekend was class, wasn't it? So I'm just hoping yeah. he's not marked out the game as Dave says, and um, you know he just he delivers. So yeah, t- two one for me. But we're all Spurs. Yeah, last... So. It's all good. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, last subject to cover, Harry Kane. Um, I know you're going to do the uh, the song in a minute, Tim. Um, Dave, let's start with you on um, Harry Kane. Do you think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player next season? And will he walk away from the club on a free transfer in the summer of 24? Or will he sign a new contract? Oh, Chris, I mean, how long have we got? Harry Kane's my favourite player. I could sit here and do, you know, speak about him for 24 hours straight. Um, look, with Harry Kane, Chris, I think... With a lot of the interviews he's given, I believe he's already um, on some of the posters for some of the preseason tour games that have been announced. So for me, it does look like the the way he's talking and that he's probably going to be here next season. However, the big call is: is does he run down his contract? Does he sign a new one? I fear he could be looking to run down his contract. If you want me to be brutally honest, um, I, I I do think that he would get to a point where it's like, you know. With with there not being any transfer fee, he'll be able to get a lot of that in that new contract that he signs elsewhere. But also, it's only going to be the best clubs in the world coming in for him. So he's more than likely going to go to a club where he's going to win something. I'm not sure beating the Alan Shearer record is, you know, enough to keep him at Tottenham, enough to even keep him in the Premier League at this stage of his career. Um I do think, however, if we can get things right, a manager comes in and there is a semblance of something that is looking good around October, November time. If I was Tottenham, I would be approaching him to maybe tie down that new contract. For me, I think Tottenham have the guts of six months, Chris, to prove to Harry Kane that we're the real deal. We are going in a direction where now we want to match his ambitions. And then I think you might see him sign. But if things sort of progress the way they have been this season, then you now Harry Kane ain't sticking around for a sinking ship. Becky, what are your thoughts on the Kane situation? I think they should give him the keys, let him make all the decisions, just have everything. Um, I think I agree with everything that Dave's just said. I think, I, to, except the part about him wanting to get the record, I think to get close, you know, we're at 51, I think now, aren't we? It's a shame he can't do that in one season because then we'd know he'd definitely be staying with us. Um, I think he, he he knows, you saw in the interview at, at the weekend, he, he knows how close he is to it. And he just says it's another record to beat, but he knows and he wants to get it. Um, I think I think I said off air before, it depends on the potch at Chelsea thing. You know, he could run his contract down. He could move to Chelsea as much as it would pain me. He could do that. No his, family, his family's in London. In London you know, he's got a new, new baby on the way. On the way. It could go it to could United. Go to United. It's a tricky, it's a tricky one. one. I'd obviously prefer him to stay. Paint to Chelsea. I never thought anyone was going to want to stay on this channel. Tim, are we all Tim, ready, are for we ready for you? Uh, yeah, mate. I've got, um, so we've got like two songs to do, if that's all right, if that works for you, mate. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Because we've, we've done a little... Um, so this is by myself and obviously the guys that work with songs, uh, Spurs Song Sheets. So there's a guy called Frank, THF, THFC underscore Frank on TikTok. Can you hear that okay, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Can you just take my, um, uh, where it says audio, just take the camera out, mate. If that's all right. Because there's a bit of a visual. And then put the focus on the, the cam, if that works. I'm, I'm very demanding, Chris. 
More, more demands from Beyonce. So, yeah, as in, bring, bring the cam back in. And then just do so solo view. That works. Okay, okay. I was going to get there. Yeah, let's... let's just go, let's go to cam. So, so, solo view is called. If at the bottom, if you just click solo view, it should come on. With a bit of luck. Well, if it don't work, Chris, don't worry about it. You can hopefully still see it. Does that actually sound all right, Becky and Dave? Yeah, yeah. You can yeah, hear it, okay. Yeah. Can you do it, Chris? No, no, not working, solo, not working. Solo view, no on cam, don't matter. Right, don't worry about it, it don't matter. Um, so this is about Harry Kane. This is a new song, so obviously from Spurs Song Sheets. So go and check out this at Spurs Song, at Spurs song Sheets at Tim Winstone. Um, we've got a couple of songs to do. Uh, Chris, you got the right one, right? So do the same thing you just did, but on the cam, not the audio, because that ain't going to work. To do exactly the same thing where it says Tim Cam. We're there. We're there, mate. Right, so the, again, this is about Harry Kane. So um, this is written into Spurs song sheets. And we've got a little bit of a video at the back as well for him. So. Four more years, Harry Kane. Four more years, four more years, I say. Four more years, four more years, Harry Kane. When it's Thurmond Lane. Three more years, three more years, Harry Kane. Three more years, three more years, I say. Three more years, three more years, Harry Kane. Break the record of White Hart Lane. Two more years, two more years, Harry Kane. Two more years, two more years, I say. Two more years, two more years, Harry Kane. Break the record at White Hart Lane. One more year, one more year, Harry Kane. One more year, one more year, I say. One more year, one more year, Harry Kane. Break the record at White Hart Lane. Oh, there's one more.
this one is for all the Spurs fans that have had to endure this season. And um, for those like Becky and Chris that go, uh, you know, to every game, <coughs> for all the fans around the world, um, we just put this together. Um, again, go and check it out on uh, Spurs Song Sheets. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, it's just, uh, well, it's just called uh, When the Spurs. You know the song. Spurs are marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in I want to be in that number Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in I want to be in that number Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in I want to be in that number Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in I want to be in that number Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Oh, when the Spurs go marching in I wanna be in that number Oh, when the Spurs go marching in Thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you, too. Fantastic. Fantastic. Dave, Dave, Dave so, so much, much so much Dave, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to on the mo at the moment and on your channel. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say a big up, Tim. Tim knows I absolutely love his work. Keep them songs coming. You know, they're long overdue. So thank you very much. And Chris, thank you very much for having me on again. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and a pleasure sharing a panel with Becky and Tim as well. Um, if anyone likes what I have to say or... Or that you can follow me over at the Irish Hotspur. I just do. I just basically sit there and give my thoughts on everything, all teams Tottenham. So, you know, get over there and check them out if you've enjoyed what I have to say. And um, most importantly, first of all, make sure you hit the like button on this stream and the subscribe button. And um, it's good to be back. So, thanks very much for having me. And hopefully, it's not the last people seeing me around here. 
Thank you, Dave, and uh, look forward to having you back very soon. Becky, thanks for coming on. I know it's your first time on here. Uh, pleasure having you on. Really enjoyed uh, talking to you this evening. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Um, thanks for having me on. It's been really great. It's flown by. Um, just before I say sort of goodbye, Tim, I just think what you and the guys do at Spurs Song Street is just fantastic. You know that I've got the, the SoundCloud thing, and I, me and Jack play it in the car on the way to all the matches. Sometimes I'm sat in the kitchen and I can hear him singing the songs. You know, I think it's fantastic. I think, it, you know, away games particularly, the songs are really, really um, heard. And, you know, in the concourses at home games. And I just think, you know, it, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to put material out when the team's not playing that well. But when we were playing well last year, the songs had a massive connection with the players. And Kulisevsky's come out today again and says how he loves the fact he's got a song. So big up to you and all the people that do that. Um, but yeah, where you can find me, I'm, I'm at the games. I'm with you'll see me with my ten-year-old Jack. Um, come and give me a wave. Um, I'm on the Cheese Room podcast as well on Mondays. Um, I sometimes host that as well. Um, but yeah, as Dave says, you know, it, hit the like here. Thanks for having me on, and you know, we just want we just want Spurs our Spurs back, um, and hopefully that happens. We all want the success and very, very soon, yes. Uh, Tim, it's been a pleasure having you back. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoy your music and what you do. Uh, please tell everyone where they can uh, find you and how they can get involved in Spurs song sheets. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. Again, apologies to Chris and the audience. It was literally all my fault, as you can see. There's a lot of technology in here. Um, so apologies for being uh, a late start. It was my fault. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find us at, at Spurs song sheets and at, at Tim underscore Winston on Twitter. Um, there is, uh, as Becky said, there's a whole album of all our stuff. There's about 35 songs on it now. Some of them we'll probably have to delete. I think the Believe in Antonio ones probably have to get deleted now, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, but and again, but we'll, we'll keep the stock crying our tests on there because there'll be a Premier League version coming, hopefully, if all things go uh, go correctly. Uh, but yeah, Axburg Song Sheets, at Tim and School Winstone. There will be a playlist going back on YouTube. So I know Dave's uh, texted me about that. Unfortunately, my YouTube got hacked. <laughs> As it does, so um, someone decided to delete it. I'm, I'm assuming it was um, it was probably Arteta that, that, that uh, decided to hack me. But um, <laughs> yeah, so then I'll be getting uploaded again with some videos and, and bits. And um, yeah, just keep keep the ideas coming. The whole idea of the whole thing is to bring the fans together, as Becky said. So all the songs on there. I mean, obviously the the one I've just played is just um, it's a it's a it's a classic Spurs song. I think we had to go back to basics with how things have been. Um, but a lot of the songs, probably 25 of them, have been written in by fans. I put the music to them. They go out. The idea is they get sung in the concourses. They get sung in away ga away games. Um, and you know the Kudasevsky's gone, the Pentecost song. You know we've heard him in heard him in the away in the away stands, which is amazing. So it just means you know Spurs fans writing songs, getting sung by Spurs fans. It's the whole idea is to bring us together as we all, as we all want to do, and um, you know get get it going back to where we where we belong rather than. Um, you know, the sort of last few months has, has been on the down. We've got, we've got to bring it back up again. So hopefully, again, if you want to write in, just just tweet me or, or, or tweet at Spurs Song Sheets and uh, any ideas, and we'll, we'll sort of pick the the, one, the best ones we think will get going and, uh, and get them out. Well, keep up the great work, Tim. Thanks so much. Uh, Tim, Dave and Becky, it's been a pleasure having you all on this evening. Hopefully Spurs can get back, well, continue uh, the winning form under Ryan Mason and uh, get a Europa League spot. Play European football next year, but there is a lot to do in the summer. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. Until the next time, I will see you Saturday. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 